0: Everybody got your Bibles? Either you got a Bible or you got it on your smart device. I need you to read it too so you are accountable to it. Because although we dance and we shout in this church, we're not dancing dummies. We love the Word of God. Because the Word of God is what keeps us. Verses 8 through verse 21. If, you, if you're, uh, how many chapters is in this? Right. I just need somebody to know that because somebody was still flipping. All right. <laughs> Accordingly, though, I am bowling up in Christ to command you to do what is required. Yet for love's sake, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I am sending him back to you, sending my very heart. I would have been glad to keep him with me, trust me, in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. No longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant, or more than a slave, but as a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, put it on my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing for you owing me, even your own self. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than what I ask. Verse 12, I am sending him back to you. Share this word with the person beside you and sit down and tell him, go back. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. These messages I'm I'm preaching um, leading up to holy consecration is to prepare us. Because in order to come into consecration or a time of fasting, you need to prepare yourself. Prepare your heart, prepare your mind. It needs to be something intentionally that you do. And that's that is the the failure of casual Christianity for us. It's that we give God what's convenient instead of what He requires. An offering is special because it's prepared. That's our tithe, what we give, our worship. You know, the praise team just don't come up here and say, oh, what are we going to sing today? No, it, it's valuable because it's been prepared throughout the week to usher us in and to send us out. That's why wedding anniversaries are special, right? Because when you remember it, <laughs> you have to prepare. Um, this text is a very complicated text through our modern lenses. Uh, It's a book that many preachers would like to stay away from, especially in our woke culture. Many have lifted that the only reason why some of us as African Americans in this country are Christians is because we have taken on the slave master's religion. And because of this wokeness, There have been an exodus and many have challenged our convictions and our commitment to this European faith. So before I dive into what I believe the word of the Lord is today, I would like to challenge that argument. I want to say to those who have made an idol out of your patriotism. And I want to also challenge those who have made an idol out of your blackness. Oh, when I come home, I just preach like I feel it. (laughs) That this faith that we hold fast to is not an American faith. It's an ancient faith. Glory be to God. Uh, The foundation and the roots of our faith do not come from Europe. And before there were Christians in the quote unquote New World, there were Christians on the continent of Africa. Yeah. Oh, come on here. Before you tell me I'm supposed to be a Muslim because of my ethnicity, I want you to know before Muhammad ever stood to prophesy anything, Jesus had already been revealed and the Ethiopian eunuch had already been converted. Mm. There's never been a void among our people of the truth of God's word. Those who have lifted up that our faith is totally based upon captivity. Glory be to God. Thank you Lord Jesus. But I want to lift to you that when you look all throughout the scriptures this ancient faith that we hold on to was not birthed in Rome. Hmm. So the Catholics can't take the credit for it. Hallelujah. It was birthed in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. AD 33 on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. The foundation of our our faith is not multiplicity in personalities, but it's Judeo-Christian. When we declare, He O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Oh, that's, it's an apostolic faith. It's the faith that was first given to the apostles. And then handed to every generation to the point when missionaries had went to India to bring this gospel glory be to God some would consider that Indian Christians are only a result of British colonialism but when missionaries got to India I'm almost finished I'm gonna go to the text to bring the gospel they found in caroline in the southern region of india christians and these german men and missionaries asked, how do you all already know the faith because in order for you to have it we got to bring it so how how did you already have it they said we are saint thomas's disciples they said "Uh, thomas who they said thomas one of the apostles. You know the one that, that, that denied it? that said, I won't believe unless I touch the scars in his hand? Don't forget, Jesus came back and says, touch me. Woo! And when he touched Jesus, while everybody else stayed in Jerusalem and everybody else stayed in Galilee, Thomas took the gospel all the way to India. Glory be to God, hallelujah. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor this faith I have. It's not because of white skin. Tell them it's not because of black skin. Tell them it's because of red blood. What can wash away my sins? Y'all not gonna get me caught up. Y'all not gonna make me divisive, I'm not serving the God of the Republicans, I'm not serving the God of the Democrats, I'm serving the one true and living God. And you know whose side God is on? God is on God's side. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. yes sir. Yes sir. And so when we, I said all that to say this, trust me, don't nobody leave, we only got 10 minutes. My introductions are always long and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get better with it. So this text is a little complicated because oftentimes we are trying to interpret uh, ancient scriptures through our modern lenses. And when you do that, you'll miss out on true definitions and understandings. Like the woman with the issue of blood. We always taught that she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. The only challenge with that is when we say hem, we're thinking the hem of a pair of pants. And against classical holiness Pentecostal churches the challenge with that is men didn't wear pants (laughs) Pants hadn't been created So the hymn was really the the fringes of his prayer garment It was the zeitz you see what happens when we try to interpret scriptures that are ancient under modern lenses oftentimes we miss it and so when we're talking about this issue of slavery in this scripture and also other essences of the Pauline epistles that says, servants obey your masters. We automatically consider that the scriptures are then supporting slavery when it's really responding to the culture. There's a a difference between laws and ordinances. (laughs) There are moments where things God didn't cause but he'll give you a word how to operate within the infrastructure of the culture that you've been called to because all we can do is serve our generation and we are, and I want you to get this revelation you're not always called to shift the infrastructure there are moments you're called to go in and operate within it some of y'all need to get that revelation because sometimes we think the whole thing is our responsibility when all you can do is serve what's in front of you so, Apostle Paul is dealing with an issue that's encompassed in the midst of a culture of slavery. Now, there are many reasons why during this time this someone could be a slave. They could have a debt, right? Uh, they could be a casualty of war. They could be considered an enemy of the empire, and then they could be made a slave. During this time, it was really not about ethnicity or race. It was more about war and economics. Mm. And so, Apostle Paul is writing this letter. I don't know if Paul ever thought that every last one of his letters were going to be a scripture. (laughs) Well, why do we hold it fast as scripture? Because God preserved it. And anytime God preserves something, and he allows us to be exposed to something, that's because it's something he wants us to draw from it. Look at somebody and tell them, pay attention. God is always talking. God is always revealing, but pay attention. Down even to your five-year-old child and your little cousin, pay attention. Because through the things around us, God is communicating, and God is speaking, and God is ministering to us. Apostle Paul, who already dealt with his own rejection, Paul is some people call him a chameleon some call him an outcast and then Paul says "Uh, I'm the least of the Apostles and I'm a great Apostle (laughs) He learned how to be all things to all people. He is a student of the Torah. He knows the law He can quote it. He can speak it But then when God converts him God doesn't convert him to be a minister to Jewish Christians God converts him to be a minister to Gentiles I say it a thousand times a week and I'm going to keep saying it. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you don't get to choose your assignment. You can only choose whether you surrender. Mm. And so he's called to be an apostle to Gentiles. And because he's called to be an apostle to Gentiles, he has different type of problems. But I want to speak to the people that's in this room. Whatever issues that are on your table, have the revelation about this. God has already graced you to deal with it. You're not going to drown in it. You're not going to be overwhelmed with it. And I want to speak to somebody who is already behind in your workload. You're already behind in this semester. You're already behind with your business plans. You're already behind with your goals. Let me tell you something. We're coming up to the end of this year. At the end of this month is the end of a Jewish new year. And I'm praying that that's going to be an acceleration of catch up coming on you. I speak that God is going to put such a grace on you that what should have took you a long time to finish now I'm speaking it, you need to receive it what should take you a long time to finish God is going to give you a grace and a capacity to complete it shorter than you ever considered you could somebody shout I receive it push somebody tell them you're not going to drown, you're not going to drown feel like you're drowning but you're not going to drown you're not going to drown I I never get, some of y'all know our worship leader Alicia she's uh, she's, uh, scared to death of water And so a group of us went up on the lake, and I I was committed to help her uh, get comfortable in the water. And so I had her in the water, and and she started screaming, Ah, don't let me go! Don't let me go! And I just, uh, you know, in my own coaching way, I said, Shut up! (laughs) Because I was trying to do it, you know, the better way. But uh, she wasn't listening. She was screaming. I said, Alicia. "Alicia." She said, Well, what's Alicia, stand up She was in water that she could stand in. And she felt like she was drowning. I want to speak to somebody in this room that's just like Apostle Paul. Shipwreck, prison, but your grace for all of it. Lord, take it from me. But his only response is, My grace is sufficient. All right. I got seven minutes. Y'all roll with me. He'll help me. and so, uh, Paul is ministered to Gentiles, so he's dealing with Gentile issues. He's dealing with issues that these people are getting, these Gentiles are now getting saved, and they got more than one wife. <laughs> like, for real. they new Christians, and they come into church with three wives, because they're Gentiles. <laughs> and all of these idol-worshiping headdresses and stuff, and dropped, uh, you know, dropped and decorated in pearls and stuff, and... And so Apostle Paul said, all right, well, I'm not going to tell y'all to get rid of all your sister wives. (laughs) But what I am going to tell you that if you're going to be a church leader, you can only be the husband of one wife. Didn't we just break that scripture down? Yeah, He was addressing these, when you're ministering to Gentiles, you're going to deal with Gentile issues. And what I realized, most of you want to be called to already polished people. All of us want to be called to the synagogue. All of us want to be called to teach in the Torah class. But when you're really anointed to the Gentiles, that means you got to be called to the addicts. You got to be called to those who are trapped in cycles and habits. You got to be willing to minister to your Gentile family. I need, and now. If it's, not your, if it's not your truth, I don't want you to tell no lies in church just because I asked you. But if this is your testimony, look at somebody and tell them, my family is complicated. That if I never go to the nations, if I could get my family saved. It, come on, y'all help me. If I never go to Guatemala, if I never get to go to Brazil or India, if I can just get my siblings saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. so Cornelius Paul is dealing with Gentile issues and one issue he deals with while he's in prison while he's in prison ministering he meets an Onesimus he meets this Onesimus and he wins Onesimus to the Lord and somewhere and witnessing to him and he comes to the Lord. He starts having this conversation with Onesimus I say, you know, where you come from? He was like, well, I was a bond servant and a a slave to a a Philemon. He said, you know Phil? That's why y'all got to be careful how y'all talk about people because you don't know who you're talking to. He was like, He said, I know Phil. You know, he's a Christian. He's a believer. He has a house church. He said, yeah. Supposedly, Onesimus must have stole something. And instead of fixing it, he ran. And they're doing ministry together. Now, Onesimus is now helping Apostle Paul. But it seems like Paul finally gets a revelation one day. He said, hold on we're having a good time in God. you really helping me. You're a great armor bearer. You serve so well. You're a wonderful worship leader. You're a great preacher. You're a good singer. I love it how you love us and what you do for me. But um, Onesimus, I got a word from the Lord for you. And I don't know if you're going to want to hear it, but uh, Onesimus, Go back. I'm glad y'all danced earlier. (laughs) Go go back. Why? Because you will always struggle with going forward until you're willing to deal with what's behind you. It's going to forever haunt you. It's going to forever bind you. Because some of us got some doors left open. always ignoring it will not make it go away because you have to realize even though he's a believer even though he's a believer because he's a runaway in order to maintain his status he will always have to run and it may be the person beside you and it may not be but just in case it is look at the person beside you and ask them aren't you tired of running Every time you get confronted, you run. Every time a present challenge comes, you run. And you know why you run with present challenges? Because you never dealt with past challenges. And God is so committed to your growth and to your development, he won't let you pass without passing the test. Uh, uh, so, And I want, I want you to write this down. If you haven't wrote down the rest of them, you do definitely need to write this one down your next breakthrough is connected to obedience because you know what we want we want the type of deliverance that requires no human effort take it from me me, take it from me god take it from me god take it from me make me do right Take it from me. God says, go back. In other words, God says, I'm never going to step in and do what I've already given you the ability to do. If you want to experience my supernatural, you must be willing to start off with your natural. Yeah, you you must be willing to give human effort. Now, I know what some of y'all going to say. Onesimus, don't you listen to Paul. Don't you listen to Bishop Younger. Run. <laughs> you better run. Because hmm. it's not fair. Because maybe you're in bondage because of a debt that your parents had. Because y'all know biblically they would do that. Do y'all remember when Elijah had to deal with the woman? Because they were getting ready to make slaves out of this widow woman's sons because her husband, who was a prophet, had died. So maybe it's a debt that he didn't even incur- occur. Mm. It's not fair. P- Apostle Paul, don't tell me to go back. It's not fair. Being consumed with fairness will cause you to miss personal development. And it also shows a lack of maturity. It's not fair, it's not fair. And when you keep telling people what's not fair, when you've been given divine instructions, you got to consider who you talking to. Paul says, you talking about not fair? I'm giving you these instructions and I'm in prison. What are you talking about? Not because of some evil I did. I'm in prison because of preaching the gospel. Tell your neighbor, it's not about being fair. It's about being right. I want to be right with God. It's not about being fair. Because the more you keep sitting around talking about it's not fair and it's not fair and this happened to me and that happened to me and it will not my fault. As long as you stay there, you're going to forever be stuck there. You might as well be a slave because you're a slave to your own feelings. You're a slave to your own thoughts. You're a slave to your own narcissism. You're going to come to a place in your life where you realize the world is never going to be fair. Life is not fair, but God will always be good. That's right. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, get past it, get past it. It's, it's not fair. I didn't, and I can say this because I can say it because I've said it myself. It's not fair. This assignment you've given me, it ain't fair. The struggle that I have, it's not fair. Give me their struggle. Have y'all ever thought that before? Have you ever thought because how the other look like how other people carry their struggle and their weakness? How everybody else's marriage looks, but let me tell you something, you know the headlines, but you don't know the details You're jealous of somebody who's a secret cutter You're jealous of somebody who's popping pills to get up and popping pills to lay down But the truth is, all of us got something we struggle with. So stop focusing on fairness. And start focusing on fullness. And for me to be full, if it takes this, I gotta do it. Go back. So, while you're debating about whether the Bible endorses slavery, don't get distracted by it. Hit the theme of this book this letter, the theme is reconciliation. That's really what it is. Because we are a generation of the mighty cutoff. We are the generation of the mighty cutoff. Don't play with me because I'll cut you off. We got so many people who are supposed to be these spiritual mafia people just cut off, cut off, cut off. The only issue is you were created for relationship. And if you just keep cutting, keep cutting, after a while you're not gonna have nothing left and nobody left to cut. You, you gotta reconcile. No, reconciliation don't all means, means a reopening of the account but you do have to clear the debt. You got to clear the debt. That means you got to release your parents. You got to release them. You got to release them what they didn't do or what they should have did, what they said or what they didn't say. Come on, y'all tell the people in your section, tell them you got to release them. You got to release your spouse. If we gonna stay in this house, you can't keep holding that debt over my head. We will never heal. You got to release the person in the church that hurt you because you're never drawn from a place that you're holding offense against. At some point, my God, I feel the Lord in here. At some point, you got to reconcile. You got to reconcile the fact that some people did the best they could. You got to reconcile the fact that you experienced them in their humanness. Shh. You got to, you got to reconcile. At some point, you got to reconcile. We're doing, trust me on this, I love having you. I, I love having you in the ministry but you need to go back. But hey, I know, I know for you. I'm sending you back, but with a letter. And when you go back, you're not going back the same way you left. Because you don't know where you are in your process until you can revisit old places and old, unreconciled conversations. <laughs> oh, this is not what I wanted to preach. This is what God told me to preach. You, you, you don't know where you are in the process until you face with the test. See, some of you think you're delivered. No, you're just absent. Until you can face it and it not affect you anymore. And sometimes God will let some things linger long. Just so you'll learn the lesson from it. Because I had a um, I live in DC and and I like to get around and I got me one of those high powered scooters. And some of y'all have seen it here. It can go 55 miles an hour. And I mean, man, y'all see me. I ride it in the parking lot. I drive it straight all the way up to the prayer guard full speed. I mean, just to win on me. And the, and the D.C. church, they loved me so much for my birthday. They was like, um, here's a birthday gift for you. And I go under the bag. It's a big, ugly helmet. And I was like, oh, thank, thank you. What I always wanted. <laughs> I mean, that don't look cool. This big, ugly helmet. So I left it in the bag. It's still in the bag. And uh, something happened. I had an accident. I had a really bad accident Uh, and that's I stayed out of church one week because I mean some of y'all would have been looking like mmm he trying to get light skin because the white meat was showing the white meat (laughs) I was gonna be the next Filipino member (laughs) I was in a really bad accident but you know what I I got right up from it I had to go to the hospital I've been going through recovery But as soon as I said it, you know, my my mother says, yeah, you need to throw that thing down the hill. You put that thing in the trash. And I was like, "Ah, amen. And then I had other people like, listen, you really need to consider giving it away. I was like, "Ah, all right. Because I'm like, and my, my response has been, if somebody have an accident in a car, you don't tell them to stop driving, you know. So that thing is still sitting in my living room. But that was three weeks ago and I am still having the effects of the pain in my hands. And because of the lingering pain, it has has helped me second guess what I said I would not stop doing. Because I'd already made up my mind. I'm getting back on. Because it's what I want to do. I don't care what she said. I don't care what they think. And yeah, yeah, I mean, everybody goes through something and, you know, everybody has a setback and, you know, everybody makes mistakes. But as soon as I get over this, I'm getting back on. And so God just let the pain stay a little longer than I wanted it to, to make me reconsider. Yeah, yeah. Do I want to keep going the wrong way or do I need to take it back? My God, I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I went through it long enough so I can learn from it. I wish, see some of you want God to hurry up and expedite the process, but God says, I'm letting you go through this humiliation. I'm letting you go through this embarrassment. I'm letting you deal with this correction. So you'd be willing to go back. This this is about redemption. This is about redemption. Jesus is in the scripture. Jesus is in the scripture, Philemon. He is. Jesus is in the scripture. Because Paul said, You're going to go back, but not as a slave, you're going back as a brother. Because I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to pay the price. But if you're going to receive it, if you're going to receive it, you got to go back. And maybe there's somebody in this room, you've you done walked away from God, and you're still running. In your mind, if I just keep going, it'll get better. And after a while, the enemy don't want you to see your pattern. Because yeah, we all have moments, right? But have you noticed that your moment has turned into every other week? After a while, that's not your moment, that's your pattern. And your pattern becomes a reflection of you. stand on your feet all over this place as human effort. I want you to stand because I want to make sure you hear me. I want you to stand because I want you to be accountable for what's being said. Onesimus, you need to do the hard thing. Face your demons. Go back. Deal with your issues. Go back. And I will settle your debt. I want you to lift up your hands and thank God today because he paid a debt that he didn't owe. Pay a debt that you couldn't pay. Hey, this is Bishop S.Y. Younger. Thank you for watching this video. And now, what I need you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel so you can continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and gospel content in your direction.